Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. All right, today is extra special because I'm sitting here with a man that I got to serve on the Chamber of Commerce board, actually, and this is how I got to know him. However, I know him especially through his sister-in-law, who is a hairdresser that graduated from our school. I'm actually sitting here at Palm Mitchell School Great Lakes with him. Thank you, Aaron Hewlett, for being on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me, Tina. I'm excited. <laughs> you know what I love about you? Just your encouragement that you've given me on this podcast and just letting me know to keep going on because, as you know, being in business, it's not always that fun and doing things like this isn't always that fun and you don't always get the accolades that you think that you're going to get and so just your encouragement I just want to thank you for well that. I'm glad you're saying that because we all feel that way in business and mm-hmm. it's funny some days you just get in the trenches and you just can't see your way out of it and you just feel like there, there's no accolades there's no mm-hmm. reward like you're just in the grind yes and and, yeah. uh, and I listened to a couple <laughs> of your podcasts and I had to email you because they just a couple of them really moved me um, the one with your son, Justin, and then um, the one with your husband, Brian, was amazing. I've known Brian a little bit through the community mm. for a lot of years, but I really learned a lot about him, and I learned a lot about myself in that podcast, and actually, that was probably of all the podcasts that I've listened to uh, that you've done, that one has moved me to action more than any of them. Wow. Because Brian just, I love the story of the guy yeah. that came into his client that came in and wanted to give his house, I think, to the city or something. Mm-hmm. And Brian realized and recognized mm-hmm. what was going on there. And a lot of people would not take advantage of opportunity when it comes to him. And God gives us those little gifts every day. Mm. He recognized it. Yeah, so. he jumped right at he it. Did. For sure. He did. I He's learned a huge a lesson taker. on that story. Yeah. That's so good. I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm going to let him know that because sometimes I think he second guesses himself and yeah. I let him know what a powerhouse that he is. And I just love, um, we're writing our book together called Be Married. And I love oh, yeah. doing things like that with him and leading different marriage Bible studies with him as well too. So thank you for saying that. I agree. He's definitely, I would not be where I am without him. So first of all, I think it's super, super cool that you're a triplet. <laughs> well, you know, it's crazy. Uh, this was back, I was born in 72, so there was no special fertility drug. This is all natural. Wow. And, uh, and of wow. course, uh, you know, my mom had a little bit of a shock. I think she was probably, uh, she was two thirds of the way through her pregnancy when she found out. And I think she two was in literal shock way. when the doctor told her. <laughs> There's a whole story that goes with it that we don't have time to get into today. Wow. But, uh, so there's three of us, uh, my, myself and my two brothers, and we all pretty much look alike. We pretty I much know you do. Yeah, you yeah, know, I always you know get your too. brother mixed up, the one yeah. that I know. Yeah, yeah. Jason. Yeah, That's too funny. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think it's so cool. What's it like having triplets? Like, uh, you probably don't know any different. But, I don't, no. But what's it like for you? You know, growing up, there was always somebody to play with. Um, it was always mm. fun. I always had someone to blame. Yeah. And something went wrong. <laughs> So did you ever thing. trade places? You ever we did. Those shows? You did. Oh yeah, we did. We traded places in class a few times when we were growing up, but not a lot. But I oh do remember goodness. one time my brother Mike had, uh, we had the same class. I had it second hour. He had it third hour. He took, uh, he took the test for me. I said that backwards actually. He took the test for himself and got a, a, a C on it. The next hour we switched classes. He mm. took it for me and got a B on it. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of cool. The teacher did find out, and uh, we got called out on it. But he was really cool about it. Yeah, really? He was, yeah, uh, he, he thought it was more funny than anything else. So. No, that's a great yeah. story. I I always wanted that to have like a twin because I always heard the stories and thought how cool that would be yeah. to trade places. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you see yeah. those TV shows, you wonder if it's true as yeah, well. We had a lot of fun. Are you guys similar do. in actions, like in mindset? Too? You know, that's a good question. Um, we really are. We're all in sales. Uh, we're okay. all people, people, if, yeah. if that's a good way to say it. Yes. Um, so we're real similar there. But yet we have very distinct personalities in, in the things we do outside of that realm okay. and our hobbies and our interests. And, and that's whatnot. really cool. But yeah. That'd be fun to interview all three of you at the same time. I bet it would be a riot. No one would know who's <laughs> talking. I can tell you that. <laughs> Voices are a bit they similar. They sound similar, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. And I know yeah. you've been a mortgage lender since 1996. Why a mortgage yes. lender? You know, it's interesting. I have no idea why. Um, I, I do now. I didn't know then. Um, you know, I really felt uh, like 
this company. Um, I was working for the newspaper back in '95, and uh, wow. one of my clients was First Preferred Mortgage, and they this this guy named Hill Walker there kept trying to recruit me, and he he not a lot, but over the six month period, he called me every once in a while, and he'd say, "Hey, are you ready to come over and you know work for us?" And I thought, I don't want anything to do with mortgages. I don't know anything about them, but. Uh, one thing led to another, and my current job was not working out. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, it's funny how you, when you look back on things in your life, how God had that plan for me, really the whole time. And and um, kind of what I said a minute ago that my brothers and I were people. People. Um, one of the gifts that, and one of my superpowers that I call it. And we're going to get into that in, in yeah. a little bit. Um, is God had had created me to be a connector with people, and I connect with people. It just comes naturally to me. And it literally has served myself and so many of my clients because I just take a personal interest in, in their mortgage every time they come in. And it's almost like God created me to be that person, mm-hmm. to be in that exact role. Um, it's just amazing. I didn't know that for many years until I looked back on it and kind of learned more about myself over the years. So Yeah, I love it uh, that you're living exactly what your gifts are that God gave you. And I yeah. think this is going to be called Be a Connector because I think we all need to be a connector yes, we do. as well. So we're going to learn how to do that yeah. through you. And this is uh, really called the B series, which means it's, I think we've all become human doings and forgot that we're human beings. And so what do you have to become more of to get get to more of what you want to have. And so that's what I want to talk about with you and like what are some of those untold stories and I think we're going to unlock a lot of things here but for sure. And I love the fact when we got talking Aaron, you have this new website and you have a new I like to call it a ministry business slash ministry. Yeah. It's called Arc or Fit. So yes. it's A R C O R F I T com so you can look it up right now on this website but tell us a little bit more how that came into fruition what was your journey there well um, I'm actually writing a book about that right now that's gonna be out next year I know we talked about that a little bit ago but uh, it started about seven years ago and I had really wanted to get in shape for a long time I mean I was just out of shape and overweight for literally 20 years of my life Tina and uh, and I just knew that I had to get control of my life that way otherwise you know the second half of my life wasn't going to be good. So out of shape, I, I think there's an untold story here. Let's talk about that out of shape. What was that exactly like? Good for you? question. I mean, for me, it was um, a lot of it was, you know, no exercise. I finally started running after uh, a while. It took me two years to run a 5K without stopping. Wow. Two years. In, in, I, I guess you could say I was consistently inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Why um, um, Why did you decide to finally start working out? What happened? What, what was the transformational moment for you? You know, it wasn't really one thing for me. It was, uh, I think it was a series of things. Um, one of the big things was my, my, we were always busy with the kids as they were growing up. And then once the, my two oldest sons moved out of the house, just my daughter was left at the time. And I was married to my previous wife at the time. And and, uh, and I had a little more free time. And before, I was always running to soccer practice or running here and running there. At least those were my excuses that I made about not getting in shape. And, and uh, so finally, I always wanted a mountain bike. For years, I thought about it for 20 years. I don't know what it was. There was just something inside of me that just it kind of called me. And uh, my, my buddy Mark, um, I think I went to high school with him. This was probably in 2011. Or, yeah, it was 2011. And, and, you know, I don't know. I saw him somewhere at the store. Where he was like, hey, we should go mountain biking. Remember, he invited me out on a ride. And I was like, I was kind of scared and I didn't want to go because I thought, I can't even keep up with him. He's a really good athlete. There's no possible way. But he's like, I oh, will go really slow. And, and, and uh, see, he was a friend of mine. So I'm like, well, he's not going to leave me. So mm-hmm. I got to try it. And I really liked it. And then so I started riding more and more. And about a year later, I had lost a lot of weight and I felt really phenomenal and so as I started to lose weight and started to ride more I started to make better choices for with my food and Mm -hmm. I didn't eat just for taste and I didn't eat just until I was full full and stuffed I started to really think about food and I looked at it more as almost like I looked at food as medicine as opposed to just eating for whatever sounds good at the moment Um, so I really changed my my mindset that's powerful because how do you get people to do that I mean I know that's part of your ministry if you will right but in your head like for me 
I remember in 2014, I ended up was diagnosed with a precancerous lesion and yeah. I thought I'm going to do a 30 day cleanse before my surgery. So that yeah. motivated me. And then after doing the cleanse, all of a sudden just this light went on, like I'm going to stop eating sugar. Yeah. And I literally have not had sugar. You would ask my family and they will say, nope, she has not eaten any sugar. And I was a sugar-aholic, right? Really? And amazing. it was just, yeah, it was amazing. But just being without it, that 30 days made me feel so good about myself that I was finally free of that. It was a monkey on my back. It was this yeah. addiction to sugar. And it was just, I finally got off my back. And so now it's been, and I feel like I can do it for the rest of my life. But but for you, what was that one defining moment for you that said, you know what, I'm going to have food as medicine? Because that's rare indeed. Yeah. That's a very small percentage of Americans that think yeah. that way. You know, what it really boiled down to is I, I uh, started I loved mountain biking at that point because I was a you know a few months into it and I really just wanted to get in better shape and ride more and it was actually that simple. I found something that I really wanted to do that was strong enough to motivate me to make the other changes I needed to make in my life. Mm -hmm. So it was it had really come down to that mm -hmm. and and uh, I'm a little bit of a competitive person. I like to call it healthy competitiveness. Yeah. I'm not overly competitive, but uh, I like to challenge myself. Yeah. And, and uh, I just knew, and, and deep down for years, I knew that I could be better in many areas in my life. And those were two that I really wanted to change. And I had just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. At that the point, deep down like, inside, just kept telling you and telling you. And then that competition inside you is like, I I'm competitive too. And I, I think that's part of my transformation too, because I'm like, I can do this. Yeah, like I exactly, know I can. Exactly. I can complete this task because this is a monkey on my back right now. And I'm so tired of being addicted to bad food. Oh, man, you know? it's, it's easy because it, it's a, a cycle that repeats itself. Yes. And now I eat 80-20, mm -hmm. so that's my simple rule to yeah. I'm not that's like a good overly one. aggressive, 80% clean, 20% yes. birthday cake, pizza, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so. well, because you can. Like, I always, yeah. I'm always fond of people like you, and my daughter is one of those that she could actually be eating a piece of cake and not eat the whole thing. And yeah. I'm like, how do you do that? Because right. for me, it's it's like an alcoholic that can't stop drinking. For yeah. me, that was sugar, and I would eat the whole cake. I mean, yeah. people are like, you did not. Yes, I would I did, eat the right? whole cake when people weren't looking. You know, you, you know what I think? I've, I've thought about that a lot, and I think uh -huh. a lot of it comes back to retooling our brains. And it's mm. actually pretty simple to do. It just takes time and patience but it really comes down to habits we're all controlled Ooh. by habits we have no idea we have these habits that control our lives every single day we just have to replace the bad ones with the good ones and you don't have to replace them all you only need to replace a couple habits for most people that's really powerful you said retool our brains by habits and so let, let's unpack that a little bit. And yeah. then I want to dig deep into what your ministry is. I keep yeah. calling it a ministry, even I though like you don't. I don't know if but why not? Before, I think I made it up today. That's good. But let's unpack that a little bit because I think it goes along a little bit with what we're talking about being a connector, too. Because yeah. being a connector takes great habits, too, that we have to be able to form. But how do you specifically suggest that to retool your brain by habits? Give some tangible examples. Yeah, the first thing you have to do is you have to be aware of the habit that you have right now. Oh, self-awareness is Self-awareness. And most of us, honestly, are have no clue. And I'll give, let's just, we're going to pick on you, Tina. Let's yeah. use your cake eating for there example. There we go, yes. So what happens is, you know. When and I you, did it for years, so yeah, I was not well, yeah. self-aware. And it was, you're not yeah. self-aware yet. So you yeah. have that habit of, okay, your brain says, okay, when I'm going to start eating this cake, we're just going to go to town, man, this tastes great. Yeah. I'm going to eat the whole thing. Oh, and yeah, then, I would literally, like, keep going back to shave it. I would convince yeah. myself that I needed to make it even. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah so no, I, I got to eat a little. Here. Well, let me eat another piece and make it even yeah. again. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of sad. <laughs> we can justify anything yeah. in our minds, can't mm -hmm. we? Yeah. Yep, so self-awareness is key, that's, number one. That's what always else? the first step. And yeah. then the second step is to just retool and rechannel that. Refocus really is a better word. And how do you um, do that? The best thing to do is you always have to find something that you that is the carrot out there for you. Something that you're willing to. Some people call it your why. Uh, something that you're that you want strong enough or bad enough to make that change in your life. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people, it's it's it can be anything. But when it comes to food, if we stick with that analogy, for a lot of people, they just want to lose a little bit of weight. And just wanting to lose a little bit of weight here and there. That's not enough. It's got to be something deep. It's yeah. got to be something that you really want to make a change in your life for. Um, in your example, yeah. unfortunately, it took you finding mm -hmm. out that you, you potentially had cancer to make right. that change. 
But, you know, hopefully other people that are listening to this don't, it doesn't come down mm-hmm. to that. They yeah. make the change early. Do it for your family. Do it for your, you know, do it for someone you love or do it for a really good reason. You got to find that reason. You got to dig deep to find that reason. Yeah, and, and I agree because when the why is big, the how is easy. And now yeah. for me, I, I just said the other day, I said, um, I have a grandson. He's eight months old that I want to be, I'm on the floor with him playing, you yeah. know, and, and so I'm blessed in that way. And then I look at his great grandmas, they can't get on the floor with yes. him. And I'm like, I want to be that great grandma that can get on the floor with yeah. my great grandkids, you know? Exactly. And so my why is getting big for that sense to keep yeah. working out. I want to be that 90 year old that's still in the gym working out. Right? <laughs> and everybody's like, it. look at this old anyone lady. <laughs> yes, anyone can yeah. do it. So I think you're right. And, and so how do you dig deep? to find that why and you know for you I saw I just I heard you say that it was really competitive within like I can do this I'm gonna compete against myself and say that I did this and that was a pretty huge why how does someone dig deep to get to that because I think it's a serious challenge in America it it really is and and you know a lot of times what you have to do is you you have to be honest with yourself and and you know really a lot of us are not we're just simply not honest with ourselves um, we look at the world through rose-colored glasses, so to speak, and sometimes you just got to get real with yourself and say, okay, I need to make changes here. What's truly, truly deep down going to mo- motivate me to make this change? Well, that, that's mm. really good, and I think to be a connector, you have to first connect with yourself, bottom line, connect oh, with yeah, yourself, you and do. most people don't want to spend time with themselves. When I do coach people one-on-one, and I'll say, hey, you know, start journaling. I'm actually coaching my mom. She's 84 years old. I'm like, mom, it is never too late to begin again. You could do this. But I cannot get her to write in her journal. She just doesn't want to face things, right, and write things down. And I think it takes time. And most people will say, Tina, I look at this journal, and it's blank. And so I'm like, okay, you have 30 seconds to write down everything that's in your mind, right? So I just want to push you right now. If you're you're looking at an empty journal and saying, I can't write, just write for 30 seconds, just, just anything. Like, don't even judge your thoughts. Just write it just down. Go. It'll get you yeah. started. Just ready, go. Because you have to connect with yourself. What, what other advice do you give? I would say uh, the other thing is when it comes to that... Um, mm-hmm. You know, it comes to being raw with yourself. You've got to unplug. And if that's, Ooh. if I could give one piece of advice to the listeners, is, is you've, please shut your phone off. Please yeah. do something quiet. Like just put that thing down. Yes. Because Twitter's going off, Facebook's going off. Email. Oh, I turned I mean, off all my notifications. Oh, I mean, two it's, years ago, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. It, the probably one of the best things I ever did, and we're going to talk about in a minute about the hardcore fit because there's a challenge that goes with that that we'll talk about. But um, when I, leading up to that, when I started riding my bike, um, I was starting to spend a lot of alone time by myself because I made a, a little bit of a rule. Um, after about a year, I got in really good shape. I could feel myself getting physically fit, but I knew something was wrong on the inside. I just didn't feel right in the inside. And I could feel that little tug from God, and I didn't really know if that's what it was at the time, but I knew I had to get spiritually fit. So I made a rule one morning right before I was going to ride um, and I remember the day like it was yesterday, and I just thought, you know what? Every time I ride my bike, it's going to be God time from mm. this day forward. And I, I still, I rode my bike this morning for 45 yeah. minutes, and I did the same thing this morning. I've done it every day pretty much you know, for the last seven years. And that, that one thing, because there's no phone time, it's only God and I. I had yeah. no idea what to do at first. I mean, I'm yeah. not a church person. I don't have a church background. My family never went to church. I had little bits and pieces of it in my life here and there, but I had no idea what to do. So I just started writing and I didn't even really know what to say. Like, I was like, okay, God, you're like, you're up there. I'm down here. What do I do? So, uh, what emerged over the course of a few months and then especially the last seven years is this crazy, amazing, deep relationship with God that I never, ever knew existed. I always just thought he was just some some being in the sky that didn't yeah. care about us at all. And it is absolutely the opposite of that. So. Wow. I, I want to unpack that a little bit more, but um, I want to go backwards for yeah. a second because to be a connector, you have to first connect with yourself yeah. and you have to unplug. And I think you hit something really hard because uh, when I was reading about this Arco fit, 
that you have our core fit, I should say. Yeah. Um, when I was reading about it, you said um, that you challenged people not only physically but spiritually. And it was many, many years ago that I remember I was I was realizing that I needed to boost my self-esteem. So I developed this balance wheel, if you will, of just like really focusing on all areas, professional, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. Yeah. And then I started challenging myself, well, what is those two non-negotiable areas that really make my confidence stay boosted? And I realized that I could not, I could not uh, not take care of physical and spiritual. Because when yeah. I did, I noticed that I was a little bit more depressed. I was a yeah. little bit um, less energetic. Yeah. It was just not good. And I could sense, I was watching myself like a hawk. I could sense there's something wrong. And it's so crazy that we connected on this level because it's exactly those two areas. But I want to talk about that because, and I think it's part of being a connector, being physically and spiritually fit and finding those non-negotiable areas for you. I was speaking to a staff member a week ago, Erin, and and she was telling me that she, uh, spiritually, she's been empty her whole life. It sounds like you yeah. were too. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't even know how to talk to God. I don't even have a clue. And I think there's so many of her out there. What was that transformational moment for you that spoke to you that said, I've got to get spiritually fit? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it really, um, it wasn't one particular moment, Tina, but it was over the course of probably about 60 days, if I had, if I'm remembering mm. correctly. And and it just kind of kept growing and building a little bit um, is when it came to kind of came to a head that morning and I finally made that decision. And I was afraid to make that decision. I didn't want to make it. I, I wanted to just listen to my songs and just do my own thing. But but I knew I had to do it. And, and um, I, I would say leading up to that before that 60 days, though, um, there was some issues in my life at that time. My marriage was in trouble. Um, it wasn't in, I didn't know it was in as much trouble as it was. Uh, but I just had some turmoil in my life, and and um, and I knew some of it was my fault, and and uh, and I knew some of it I couldn't control. But um, I just knew that I had to clean it up, and I knew mm. that was the area that was going to help me. I knew that much. Wow, um, you know it's interesting. It takes some devastating news um, or really traumatic experiences for most people to turn yeah, to God. It really does, and it's yeah. uh, not abnormal you know, by any means. And so talk about that moment because I think it's really important. I feel like someone's listening right now that's saying, I'm going through a traumatic experience right now, but I don't know if I really want to reach out to God. Like, why yeah. should they? Why is that? So, why is spirituality, first of all, so important on, on your side? Well, on your view? I'll, I'll answer that by a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. here. The first thing is, it, it does seem, the first time I reached out to God, it just felt weird and awkward. It felt weird and awkward for a mm -hmm. while. But I just kept doing it. But I would say to someone out there that's listening, if they're really, you know, thinking that, then you know what? Maybe you know someone that you can reach out to that has a good relationship with God. Uh, maybe you know someone that can bridge the gap for you. Because if you, yeah, you can always go online and there's a lot of resources and there's, there's phone numbers you can call. But if you know someone, someone that you trust, mm -hmm. it could be a family member, a good friend. Um, most of us know someone in their life that is probably a spiritual person. And when I say spiritual, I don't mean, you know, there's all kinds of that word can can have a lot of different meanings nowadays, yeah. but maybe someone that you know that has truly has a relationship with Jesus Christ or, or with God, uh, because that's the true source of power. And, and, and I would say, without a doubt, that's where you need to go. Um, for years, I was, I guess you'd call it on the spiritual bandwagon, um, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say I, I was into a lot of other religions, but I definitely explored a lot of other religions over the years. And I talk about it in my book in a little bit more detail, mm. but um, I had to know at some point, like, I had to know, like, God, are you are you real? And I really, I, I think if you're questioning God, whether mm. he's real or not, I think it's going to sound strange. You're in an awesome spot. That's mm. where you want to be because until you get to that point, it's almost like God has to die to you before he, he can become real to you. Yeah, I love that. I, I agree. I think there's so many people out there searching and saying, God, are you real? And yeah. was that for you when you when you started to think I need to get spiritually fit, did you reach out to somebody or did you go strictly to the Bible? Because I was I've been coaching my mom. Yeah. Uh, my mom's a brand new believer in Jesus Christ. And yeah. I was uh, coaching her and I said, Mom, I just 
I, I, you know, I, I love some of these speakers, but be careful about just listening to speakers. Make sure you read yeah. God's word because he, you need to allow him to reveal himself to you because I just didn't want her to get sucked in by a bunch of, you know, yeah, there's a lot of great pastors out there, um, or listening to certain people because I was nervous about her getting the wrong information, yeah, you know, cause there's exactly. a lot of wrong information out there as much as there is. There is. Yeah. There is. It's kind of scary. It is. And, and, uh, I was lucky enough to have, um, uh, my, my daughter had gone to, um, Lakeport Wesleyan Church mm. and at the time there was a youth pastor there his name was Mike Voigt awesome awesome guy he's a pastor out in Connecticut now mm-hmm. but um, uh, I was able to connect with him and uh, and I had been talking to him a little bit off and on prior to that and uh, and he was kind of my go-to person he probably doesn't even know how much he helped me wow but. yeah you need that go-to person and I was in college really searching because I, I didn't grow up as a Christian either. I never went to church and, yeah. and, uh, and I just walked into this church and I found this Did church. Really? Yeah. And they, it was a really cool church. They connected me with this mentor. Her name is Christy. She probably doesn't even know to this day how much she affected my life, but she met with me once a week. Wow. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And I had all these yeah. crazy questions, you know, asking yeah. her and she was that go-to person. And it's funny ever since then, I never really saw that churches had those type of mentoring. And I always thought, it would be really cool to be able to start something like that. So there we go. Yeah, That's there, there maybe we go. my There's next, next assignment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your assignment because yeah. why our core fit? Well, it really comes down to uh, a couple of things. And, and uh, for years I've been, a, and I'll, let me back up just so you know the, the context. But for years I was a, like, God gave me this passion for personal development. And, and it, it's manifested itself in the business world, um, athletics now in my life. Um, endurance sports but for and I went to Tina I went to probably for 20 years I went to I counted at one time to seminars out of state I would go two to three times a year and I was always reading a self-help book um, and I was just a student of the game so to speak but I wouldn't just study it I would implement it I'd use my own money and my own time and my own resources to, to figure things out and marketing campaigns and advertising Okay, campaigns. where did this come from? Because yeah. I think there's an untold story in this one because this is, is rare. Yeah. I, I mean, when I look at people and I'll say, the, you know, what exactly is your personal development plan? And people stare at me. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Where did that come most from? Most of us don't have that plan. No. Most people have never even thought about even yeah. having that as a plan and if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you have a plan because this is probably one of your ways of yeah. <laughs> working on your personal yeah. development. But what about those people untapped out there? I mean, I still talk to people that have no idea what a podcast is. Yeah, I and I'm know. like, are you living yeah. under a rock? You know, <laughs> like really, are you still not listening to podcasts while you're driving in the car? <laughs> I know, they're so commonplace now to me. Anyways, but, I know. Uh, yeah. Where did that come from? Did you see someone that was um, spending money on personal development or? You know, yeah, there was, a, um, a, a, I started a, a small business when I was about 19 or 20. And then um, there was a local guy in town. His name was uh, Gary Gooden. And uh, he was a mentor to me. And, and um, you know, Gary took me under his wing. He didn't really know me from anyone. Um, and he was, a, um, you know, he had been pretty successful in his life and, and still is. I just saw him a couple months ago and, and, uh, but he would just take time and, and tell me how to, he'd give me books to read. And then he'd say, you know, he'd just do little things and take time with me. We'd go out to lunch occasionally mm. or he'd go on a business trip and I'd, he'd, he'd let me ride with him. I rode with him up to Saginaw one time. I remember one time he let me, he, he bought a new seven BMW 740 IL and he's like, I want you to drive. And this mm-hmm. was back in the '90s, and I was like, I, there, "This is an eighty thousand dollar car." Which nowadays, that's what one twenty, one fifty. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't want to drive it, but he's like, "No, I really want you to Whoa. drive because I want you to realize that this is just a car. It's just a car," he said. But this is not outside your grasp. I want you to realize that you can drive. You could own something like this. He was trying to expand my mind. I didn't really realize it at the time. Kind of thought he was showing off, and maybe that's a little bit of Gary too. But uh, but he was he was really trying to push me out of my comfort zone to really believe what I could do because he could see mm-hmm. that I couldn't believe. Oh my gosh, that yeah. that is really amazing. I I mean I'm hearing some I'm unlocking a few things with how to be a connector. First, connect with yourself. 
unplug. And then um, uh, we were talking about uh, be a be a mentor, get mentored, yeah. get mentored by somebody. And so yeah. we're kind of you and I going back and forth, and I didn't even realize you have to be able to get mentored by yeah. someone. So how does someone find a mentor like that? These, these people just fall out of the sky for you. Where did they come from? Yeah, good, How'd good you know? question. Yeah. and um, you know, I would say the answer to that now with what I've gone through over the last say twenty or thirty years in this, the answer now is, I mean, if you pray about it and you get close to God and you take time to do that, he will put the right people in your life. You, they're going to come from places you don't even, you'll never expect it. Yeah. And, and he'll do that for you. And, and, uh, and he did that for yeah. me, even when I didn't know him back then, he knew me, but yeah. uh, I was not close to him all. As a matter of fact, you're going to think this is crazy, Tina, but right before I met that Gary guy, I was pretty much an atheist. Wow. Yeah. Oh my. And I was atheist pretty much why? an atheist. Like where did I that just come had, from? Uh, uh, I'd had a little exposure to the church world growing mm -hmm. up, uh, little bits and pieces here and there. But by the time I got through high school, um, you know, like there's a lot of lot of things contributed to that. Hanging around the wrong people, doing the wrong things. Um, you know, at that time in the world, there's a big push for uh, the spiritual movement, which is still carried on today, which mm -hmm. is not a spiritual movement that has anything to do with truth or reality. Yeah. Um, it kind of leaves God out of it. It's more of the spiritual movement of do what's right for you, do what feels good for you. I, I wish that were true and I want to do what's, I wish I could just go out and do what I want to do, but that's not mm -hmm. real. That's not the real world. That's not the truth. Yeah. No, that's, that's really incredible insight because uh, talk to that person that's kind of like spooked out by Christians. You yeah. Know, because oh, yeah. Oh, that was think, me. Big time. Yeah. Because I yeah. think, um, you know, I, I'm going to include myself in that bunch too. I think sometimes we scare people just by the way that we talk yeah. to people with that Christian ease, like being sure. careful of Christian ease yeah. and, and rather just loving on people. And I think um, many people see Christians as being really judgmental yes, and kind of coming after attacks. So kind of talk to the person that's that's feeling that way, not the Christian, yeah. but the the non, like to talk them away from that, to not look at people as the example. Well, right? it, it's I, I, what comes to my mind when you ask that question is, uh, you know, one time I was at church and the pastor was was talking about people outside of church and people inside out of church inside the church, and he said, and he basically made a a, a commitment that you know in his sermon that you're all hypocrites. Everyone in this pew is yeah. a hypocrite. All you, we're all hypocrites outside yeah. the church and inside the church. And his point was that, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're perfect. Yeah. And so there's a lot of uh, discrimination in the church. There's a lot of discrimination outside the church. Um, we're all people. We're all flawed. Um, and, and, uh, and that's really the basis is to understand that, um, you know, none of us are perfect. That's for sure. Yeah. I love that. I Okay, so I just unlocked a couple more. So first, how to be a connector. Connect with yourself. Two, unplug. Three, get mentored. Four, per personal development investment, you know, in yourself. And then I think we un un unlocked something. Don't be a hypocrite. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Because you're not going to be able to connect with people if you're no. a hypocrite. People are going to run no. from you. Let's unlock that for a minute, and then let's continue on in your story. I can tell you exactly company. how I unlocked that, because yes. it's probably the most impactful thing that I've done. Um, I was, in while I was riding my bike, that's where the book came from, by the way. There's there's these 40-day challenge. Wow. And one of the challenges was, and I kept, the challenges came from, from me journaling so I'd ride my bike and I, you know, I would be talking to God and he'd lead me to a podcast or an audio book. And one thing that he put on my heart for about a year, because it took me about a year to really change my mindset on this. It's the one thing that changed me the most was my personal motives. He mm -hmm. just like, it was almost like daily. He was pushing me out of my comfort zone. Every time I would either, uh, you know, I don't even want to go into too much detail, but, um, Every single motive I had in life, he challenged me on over the course wow. of about a year. Like, why are you making that decision? What, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. and, and he challenged me in the most loving, awesome way. Uh, he's just got such a loving touch. He's just amazing. But especially when you get close to God, you, I can't tell you. I mean, he will guide you. He will guide you where you need to be. And he'll guide your motives. And that's what changed it for me was my motives. When I got my motives right and I was truly genuine with people, and that meant exposing myself. I mean, I had to... You know, I went through, um, you know, after I got close to God, it got really bad before it got really good. Um, went through divorce. Um, right before that, I had lost literally everything I owned. I mean, when people say they lost everything they own, 
maybe they had a little bit left or maybe they had their house. I lost everything. Mm. Um, wow. I mean, everything. I had no money in my mm-hmm. bank account. Um, and it was just, I went through about five years of just, uh, just the worst thing possible, but the greatest thing came out of it. Oh my gosh. Wow. You, you hit something so big. I want to, I want to unlock that a little bit more because I think that comes from the competitiveness in yeah, you as well too. You're exactly right. And the two are tied. Competition can be great, but it can yeah. also be like, whoa, okay, back off here. You need to listen to me. Cause I want to unpack a little bit more like how to listen to God, because that's the biggest question that I get from people is they yeah. don't, they're like, I don't hear God speaking. I don't know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. am I going to hear his voice? Let, let's unpack that as well too, but let's jump into the R-Core fit. Cause I know you do this 40 day challenge. Talk about what that is and what's the cost yeah. to take your program. There's no cost. It's free. It's totally free. Wow. I, I just want people I'm to signing have... up today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sign up. You jump on there. We send you an email. How do you sign up? So you just go on your website, ourcorefit.com. Yep, that's it. A-R-C-O-R-F-I-T.com. And then uh, you'll see on there, there's uh, okay. there's the 40-day challenge. Click on that. And okay. then you can sign up and you'll start getting the emails once a day in your email inbox. And the challenge is, is this. So I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, over the course of a few years, it was really over the course of about five years, I kept journaling and then I just felt like God wanted me to do something with it. And, uh, you know, I narrowed it down to a 40 day challenge, but it's not a challenge like you might think. So the, the, the gist of it is 20 minutes a day in Bible and prayer time, then 20 minutes a day of exercise. So what we're doing is going back to what we, we talked about earlier is we're creating habits. So 40 days really isn't that long. Some people yes. look at it and say, oh, I have 40 days. That's a long time to stick to something. Really, you should be doing this the rest of our lives is kind of is what it's for. So it's I did 40 days to kind of make it long enough to really start a new habit. Mm-hmm. And with all that uh, self-help stuff I did over the years, and I still do a little bit, um, to kind of get back to that, I narrowed it down to like, yeah, a lot of that stuff was really important and I learned a lot of things. But you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. When, I, when I'm not good in those two areas, being physically fit and being spiritually fit, nothing else really matters. And when you are yeah. good in those two areas, when you're, when you're good physically, you feel good, you're eating the right foods, you're exercising, you have energy. When you have energy, your mind works better. When your mind works better, um, thoughts come to you, ideas come to you. You're, just, you're so much sharper. You're so much mm-hmm. clearer. You can get back to the world so much better. Uh, same with your spiritual fitness. If you don't have that relationship with God, and I don't want this to sound too preachy or churchy at all, but mm-hmm. if you don't have it, you don't know what you're missing. It, it literally it's everything. is everything. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. it is everything. And, and um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just, uh, it, once you get that, once you become spiritually fit, then you really truly learn to love yourself first. Then mm-hmm. you can go on and you can love other people. And I don't mean love other people by like help people, help the old lady across the street. That's all great. But what I mean by love other people is like every day in your life, you can, you, you see, you'll see, once you start to get close to God, you'll see all these little things, mm. these little opportunities that he gives you to serve other people, his people, our, your people, our people. And, yeah. and uh, whether they're Christians or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they believe. Yeah. Um, and you're just challenging to 20 minutes. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and, I love and that. The 20 minutes, uh, there's a, so there's a 40 day uh, plan that gives you just a little bit of those lessons, but I they're not very wordy, and I purposely kept them short, like two to five sentences. Mm. The rest of it is Bible reading and prayer time, and I don't because I didn't want people to get my thoughts in their head. I want them to connect directly to the Creator. Wow! I want them to learn. To, I want them to learn to hear God's voice. Yeah, you, so you let's literally talk can about do that. it. How can do, do it. you learn to hear God's voice? Man, I, Tina, I chased this one concept for years in yeah. my life. And, and actually, honestly, I stumbled on it. Yeah. Um, on my on my bike, I just kept riding my bike, and I didn't know what to say to God the first couple of months. Like I was telling you earlier, um, I'd made that decision in my driveway, and so I just started riding, and then I would pray about it a little bit, and I would feel like he would lead me. I, he always speaks in whispers and nudges. Rarely does he speak out loud. Little whispers and nudges. And, and I just felt like podcast and this, and he would, he would lead me to an audio book, and one day I, I drove about an hour from my house and I took my mountain bike and I was going to ride some, some trails and I went to go leave and I was like, oh man, I, I went to go ride once I got there and I didn't bring my ear, my earbuds. I was like, oh man, what am I going to do for an hour, hour and a half? 
I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just ride. And it was the greatest turning point in my relationship with God. Mm. I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I I was at Addison Oaks Park in Oakland County, and I just I just left and wrote, and I said, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to talk to you all day, God. And it was, and I write about, there's there's a whole section of my book about this. Um, it was the most amazing day because it was, um, I just kind of, my phone's always off when I write, so it was just me and him. It was quiet. Um, and, and I just kind of let him, I just was talking to him, and my I go in and out, like I still to this day. I'm like, you know, squirrel. You ever hear that? Yep. Like, okay, my, my attention span went 100%. over here. 100%. And then, then I come back objects. to God. <laughs> so, uh, so I never had this uh, conversation with him that is like holy and awesome and I'm always on track. It doesn't work that way. My mind wanders. Mm-hmm. And he's okay with it because when I come back, he's right there waiting for me. Um, wow. But uh, I would say to someone, if they really want to have that relationship with God, it, first of all, I'll say anyone listening, it doesn't matter your spiritual background, doesn't matter where you're from. If you want to have that relationship, anyone can have it. It's available to all of us. And, um, you know, I would say uh, the reason I found it on my bike accidentally is because of that day. So I started talking to him. And then I started to actually recognize his voice a little bit. And it came in whispers and nudges. And most people, myself included for many years, will never experience that because we don't shut up long enough or shut the outside noise out long enough to listen to him, yeah. to even give him the opportunity. Oh, yeah. There was so. a time in my life that I literally couldn't turn off the TV yeah. or the radio yeah. because I couldn't, like, just have quiet. Yeah. It was so sad. Well, that many I, of us are afraid of silence. Yes, I was then afraid. Then your thoughts come in. They're, sometimes yep. they're not good thoughts. Yeah. You know, and that's where I was when mm-hmm. I first started, and I just... Just a little bit at a time. Little, Yeah, exactly. A little bit yeah. at a time. And, mm-hmm. and if you spend a little bit of time with him consistently... Uh, you, you know, you'll get to hear his voice. So, you know, my when my kids were little, this is a this will probably help you maybe realize it as a listener. When my kids were little, they all went to the same uh, nursery school. So I would go to pick my son or daughter up, and I will use my oldest son for example because he was the loudest. Yeah. But uh, I would go, and there'd be thirty screaming kids in there, and one some <laughs> kids were doing this, and some kids were doing that, and, and uh, there was a, just a bunch of noise and act- activity. But when I went in the door. Even amongst all that chatter, I could always, I always knew who my child was. And as a parent, you always know who your child is. Mm. You know their voice. You know their, you know their cry. You, you know whether they're happy or sad. Uh, even amongst thirty True. other kids, and it will become that way. Once you spend more time with God, you will learn to know His voice. You spend so much time with Him, it, it'll be just like knowing your child's voice. That's so incredible. I love that. And it's, it's so funny because I always hear these stories of people that grew closer to God when they are in, out in nature, walking in nature. And yeah. so you were out on your bike and, and so just spending that time alone and you hear about monks and their yeah. stories and how yeah. their life got switched around too. Yeah. And it was the best time in their life because they finally shut things off. Yes. And it's it's almost this, I, I heard this funny thing from one of my staff members, but it's not so funny when you really think about it. Uh, she said, I have this FOMO, fear of missing out. And yeah. So where do you think that comes from? Because I think we need to unlock that, like get rid yeah. of that fear of FOMO, you know? That's good. I've never heard it called FOMO. I like that. Fear of missing out. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I think a lot of that, Tina, comes from, you know, our modern world that we live in. It's, there's, it's so informational. It's so fast-paced. And, you know, let's just take Facebook, for example. You know, there's the fear yeah. of missing out because it's almost like ingrained into us with social media, too, because it's like, oh, so-and-so's out doing this or so-and-so's on that vacation or these people are doing this. And I think sometimes even though we mm-hmm. just, we're just browsing through Facebook, again, we're, that's all we're using yeah. for this example, but it can kind of go with people you work with or your, whatever your everyday environment is. We kind of subconsciously set ourselves up to, to say, you know, oh, I have to be like the Joneses, so to speak, or whoever yeah. this person may be, or this couple, or whatever it may be. And and I can just say that, um, you know, the minute you start comparing yourself to other people, that's the beginning of your downfall because mm-hmm. we're all created differently. We all have different gifts. Every single person listening to this podcast right now was created with a unique gift by our Creator God. Wow! And, and all of us have our, what I call our superpower. And I know you've mm-hmm. heard that term before. Yeah. Um, and, and you got to find your superpower and it takes quiet time to do that. Yeah. So all these things we've talked about takes quiet time. 
It does. Got to spend quiet time with God. And your your thoughts are going to come at you. When I first started to really spend quiet time with him, I was afraid to be alone with myself because I, di- I didn't like the thoughts that were coming to me. Ooh, man, I remember some of them. And, uh, you know, because it, it was at a time that I guess I was in, I think I told you a little bit, but I just had marriage trouble at the time, major mm-hmm. financial trouble right before that, still trying to get out of it. Mm. Um, just not feeling good about myself at all. Um, and, uh, you have to, all I can say is sometimes there's just no easy way to do it. You just have to push through that. You have to put those, those fears aside and those thoughts aside and just spend quiet time and just focus on God. Just focus on listening to his voice. Yeah, no, that that's really great. And, you know, it's interesting because I want to unpack for a minute the failed marriage that yeah. you had because um, I was just listening actually to Will Smith this morning. We were um, yeah. doing our mastermind with our I directors. Yeah. yeah, And he said, uh, quote unquote, seek failure. Failure is where all the lessons are. So true. And so, I mean, hello, seek failure. I don't want to seek failure. Yeah. And I have yeah. always said failure is my friend, but I had to do that because I had to be okay with failure and it's so true like you you learn more when people suck than when they're really great at something too and from my my stories of all my failure stories and I learned more from that so talk about that for a second because I think that makes you a great connector yeah learning from failures oh man failures (laughs) I am an expert I could probably write multiple books on failures what's the one failure that shifted you um and was that transformational moment um, you know, I can tell you it was, you know, my financial downfall, um, being in the mortgage industry, I'd had my own mortgage company, um, with a friend of mine, you know, I started about two years before, two and a half years before the mortgage market crashed and I was all in, I took my life savings. Um, I had something called a green book and it, a green book was, uh, this book of, uh, things I had learned over the years in the mortgage industry and, 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 uh. I'd started once I'd been in the industry for about three, four years, and I thought, well, if I ever start my own mortgage company someday, I want to know how to do it, because it was kind of back in my mind. It was a little dream in my mind that I wanted to do, and uh, over the years, I had this just this green folder, and, and if I found something good in marketing that worked, or something with employees that worked good, or whatever it, it was, had, you know, I even got it down to what color of paint I should have on the wall that was most conducive to calm buyers down when they came in, because people are stressed out when they buy a house. They really are. It's one of the top three oh, most stressful yeah. things you can do in your life. And, <laughs> and I knew that. And, uh, and I just wanted to have, I wanted to create the very best mortgage company that was ever created in the, in, in the history of the world. That was my goal, my mission. And, uh, it, it, you know, started it about, again, about two and a half years before uh, the, the industry uh, imploded. And, and I was all in. My life savings was in it. My green book was in it, which was, I had took me 10 years to build this green book of knowledge up. And uh, in it all, literally within eight months, Tina, the whole thing was gone. Everything was gone. My, all mm. my life savings was gone. When the mortgage industry imploded, it was like watching. It was like being on a ship and watching it go down, and you're the watching Titanic. the water getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do. Nothing. There's literally nothing you can do. It was your so, Titanic moment. How'd you it. How'd you dig yourself out from under that? What was your lesson? It, I didn't dig myself out right away at all. Mm-hmm. It, it took a few years. Um, you know, the biggest the biggest thing I would say I got out of it was I am such a different person now. I mean, I, I was, you know, all of us have issues in our life or things that block us from being a better person. Mine was pride. Mm. And you would never know it by talking to me back then. You yeah. never would have known it. Yeah. Um, but I'd had some financial success, very limited amount. But in my mind, I thought it was great financial success. And I was prideful. I thought I did this all on my own. I didn't give God any credit. Uh, and looking back on it now, he blessed me so much when I didn't even know him or recognize him. It was amazing. But um, that was the the big lesson that I got of it. And, and, and uh, it, it took a while for that to all kind of, for me to realize that. And, and it really humbled me. I mean, it humbled me. I mean, even to this day, I, I, I think about it often and I'm so grateful and I'm I'm an open book now. I mean, and, and, and sometimes people don't like it, but, um, you know, I just feel that we should be genuine. We have to be ourselves. And we all put fronts on and we're, we're always putting a show on or whatever. Let's mm-hmm. just get rid of all that. Yeah. You know? I love that. I, that's how you 
are a great connector. Yeah. <laughs> get rid genuine. of pride. That's Just that's the next one. Be genuine, and yeah. and that's so powerful. And I'd have to say, my failed business that I had many years ago is what set me up for success yeah. because I realized that your greatest adversity becomes your greatest assignment. Yes. And so you take that, and you're like, you know, what? I don't want you to lose a hundred thousand dollars. So yeah. guess what? I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollar training because for some reason, when you fail. You, deep inside, and I believe this is a spiritual thing, you don't want anyone else to fail like right. you did. Yeah. There's just like that untold story, yeah. I think, that we have all within us that we just want to help people. Well, especially if you're a fighter, because then you know mm. that you're like, oh, I just can't let this, you're like, you just yeah. want to like, you just, yeah, you just want to help people. Yeah, just help people. Yeah. Let's unpick our core fit um, a little bit more because I, I think everyone needs to sign up for this 40-day challenge because you just, we are not just physical human beings or professional. We're spiritual too. Like you can't just hide that and pretend yeah. it doesn't exist because we yeah. all have souls. We do. Yeah. And, and it's, you're sign so up right. today. Sign yeah. up right now. Yeah. Jump on the website and, and uh, mm -hmm. like I say, it's, it's a 40-day challenge. It's 20 minutes a day of both, like we talked about, spiritual uh, fitness, physical fitness. But sometimes people do it together, like I'll, I'll listen to, you know, something like a sermon or a podcast, whatever it might be, or a good audio book. And then sometimes I'll shut the audio book off while I'm riding my bike so you can get the 20 minutes done in, in all in one time crunch. But, uh, you know, and sometimes I'll just, mm -hmm. still to this day, like this morning, I didn't, I listened to a little bit of music, but then for the most part, I just talked to God. Yeah. on my bike ride just this morning. So, um, you know, it's real simple to do. You don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to be in any kind of fitness to do it. Take your dog for a walk. You know, go uh, yeah. go for a Take walk. Take your neighbor's your... dog for a walk. Yeah, Take yeah, my do dog something. for a walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's so many of us just um, live mediocre lives. And going yeah. back to Will Smith earlier, he said a quote, being realistic is mediocrity. Yeah. And that hit so me true. really, really hard because how many realistic people that we know out there that are living mediocrity? And I think, yeah, I remember listening uh, or actually interviewing Tom Seppo for this podcast, and he said that the biggest challenge he sees in this area in St. Clair County is people living mediocre lives. Yes, I, I, that was one of my favorite podcasts you ever did. I listened to that, and yeah. I was so motivated by that. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. living mediocre lives. So, yeah. you know, when when I think of you, of being a connector, I feel like you connect with people because you don't live a media, mediocre life. Right. So what do you think is that transforming moment that caused you to not be mediocre? That's a great question. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, boy, I've, I've always been like, I've always been a dreamer. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that, uh, I've always been a dreamer, but I have not always taken action. So I would say the defining moment for me is when I first started to take action. And it's taken on many phases over my life, but the first part was, you know, when I was younger, was in business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I guess uh, it started out in business, and then now, it, at this point in my life, it's in athletics. And uh, the good news is I'm back on my mountain bike. I did my first official ride today. Wow! Now that I'm like kind of getting training. And give again. Uh, give everyone um, what's your what's your age? Too. I'm, I'm 46. I'll be 47. 46. Next month. Yeah, yeah, you're never too old to no, do this. No, not at all. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's really outstanding. So let's let's uh, finish out um, our core fit. Yeah. Um, what else did you want to say about that uh, ministry that you have? I like that term. Yeah. I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> you know, I would say that, uh, um, you know, get on there, get on the website. Um, there's a there's a little bit of other information on there. There's a couple blogs mm -hmm. that I've done. There's It's a good source of information. Um, the other thing I would say is is really I didn't know what God wanted me to do with our core fit. I just knew that's what I was supposed to do for a long time. I didn't know if it was supposed to be a movie, if it was supposed to be a... Um, uh, um, uh, for a while, it's changed in my mind many times, but I've learned to let God, I've learned to take mm -hmm. a back seat and let him go. I always say, make your plans in pencil, but give God the eraser. Ooh, that, that's a good quote. Yeah, <laughs> I that's what I always say. And then, uh, make your plans a pencil, but give God the eraser. Yep, Boom. you got it. So, And that's what I've done with our core fit. Um, so where he's led it so far, it, it is, uh, it's going to be the actual uh, call to action at the end of my book that's coming out next year. I got to find a publisher. I'm working on that next. Yeah. The book's about 95% done. So if so your I'm publisher excited. listening to this, you need to contact Yeah, there we Aaron. go. That's right. I like it. Good plug, <laughs> that's, that's really outstanding. And, and so what's the name of the book? The book is called Another 20 Feet. 
another 20 feet. I, yeah, do you I, can you reveal that, please? Yes. Well, I'll just say this. Yes. Um, I was in a mountain bike race one time, and, and I know we're almost out of time, so I'm going to make the, the, the story really quick. Um, the mountain bike race was, and I was brand new to racing, it was at a ski, uh, ski lodge. And the race directors, right before the start of the race, I saw them kind of, there was quite a bit of commotion. We were all literally lined up on the start line. We were early. It was like 10 minutes before the start. But they would rope the course off with just some stakes and ribbons. So the director kept pointing up the ski hill. And then (laughs) some chatter amongst the riders was, they're going to reroute this little section. Instead of going around the backside, they're going to just take us straight up the ski hill. And I thought, there's no way. I looked up the ski hill. I'm like, no one can climb that on a bike. There's no possible way. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really anything for them to change it because they didn't, they didn't, the course already picked up at the top of the hill. So they just cut out one little section like, yeah, just go straight up the hill. And the race director Mm -hmm. just pointed up the hill and he had the microphone and he said, well, we're going to make one little tweak to the route. I'm like, that's more than a tweak. So then immediately negative fear, all these doubts got into my mind. I was actually Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, how do I get out of this? Can I fake an injury? Can I fake that my my bike's broke? I was literally thinking these things. So panic said, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't climb that. So it was a three-lap race, so we started going around. The first lap, I came around, and I felt pretty good, and I got to the hill, and I thought, I'm just going to go for it. So I rode up at maybe, I didn't get a quarter of the way up, and I stopped, and I and I started pushing my bike, and I just got pushing, and it took forever, and it hurt terrible. Next lap, I came around. I'm like, oh, here we go. Already in my mind, I before I got to the hill, Tina, I said, I can't do it. I told myself I couldn't do it, so I wasn't going to climb the hill because I couldn't... I, I just didn't believe I could do it. Yeah. So there was this older guy. He was at least <laughs> 10 years older than me. And I'm pushing my bike up the hill, and, and this guy passes me. And I'm competitive. <laughs> the guy passes me, and he's riding his bike. And he's got clearly under his helmet, he had quite a bit of gray hair. And I'm like, well, he's going to stop. So yeah. I kept watching him. I kept watching him. Oh, he, he got halfway up. I'm like, wow, he's doing good, but now he's done. The guy climbed the whole thing all the way up, went over the top, and rode around the back. And he didn't even look like a phenomenal muscular athlete, right? He was, yeah. he was in good shape, but but you know what he did that no one else did? He never looked up when he was riding up the hill. He only looked 20 feet in front of him the whole time. I wow. watched him. I watched his eyes, and then as he got past me, I saw his head. His head was down. He never looked up to what... He didn't want that to scare him. He didn't want that... To yes. that intimidation of that mountain mm-hmm. was not something that he was going to let, let enter his mind. So he just looked right in front of him and just focused on the next 20 feet and got there, went to the next 20 feet and kept doing it until he Ooh. crossed it. So the next lap, Powerful. the next lap, I said, I'm going to try it. I climbed the whole thing. And you did it. Yep. Wow. I just want to high five you right now. <laughs> All right. I'll take a high five. <laughs> I love it. No, that's really powerful because I feel like God's really spoke to me over the past few years of just enjoy the journey. Yeah. Instead of looking at the destination, enjoy yeah. the journey. And so that's, it's going to be a powerful book. I can't wait for it to come out. Hopefully I, I get either. a signed copy. Oh yeah, you. for sure. And it's, it's crazy, Aaron, because I believe everyone has a book on them. They and do. you know, you're listening Absolutely. to this right now. You've got a book in you yeah. and uh, you got a story because you'll, everyone has a superpower they do and yours is to be a connector what other piece of advice why do you think people need to be a connector because I think everybody should be a connector and why do you think you know I think it goes back to you know what Jesus said it really does and and uh you know love God first and 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 then second thing is obviously the you know love love others yeah and uh that definition of love it's a yeah Yeah. greatest commandment Mm -hmm. and uh and that's really what it goes back to and if you can't connect with people you you can't really get into their lives and love them and Mm -hmm. and, you know we talked about a little bit earlier but loving others is it's just serving them just doing good things for them not judging them and and just just helping them out if someone needs a hand and sometimes it's just as simple as a word of encouragement it doesn't have to be a life-changing event it doesn't have to be you know something major it can mm-hmm. be little things. It's little things every day. Now, the people you work with, the people you're around, sometimes we, we take those little things for granted and we don't say them. Something will come to our mind and we, we don't speak it. Yeah. But just, just little things. Yeah. No, that, that's really powerful. I think um, it goes back to the adage, you stop doing life alone. Yeah. You know, I well feel like said. that just you're just playing small when you do life yeah. alone because God didn't create us to be alone and and we so many people want to isolate themselves and yeah. in this day and time there's a lot of solopreneurs. 
out there. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really scares me because I watch people really limit themselves and live that mediocre life because of that. And so being able to connect with people and being a connector, I think is going to help you to live the life that God designed for you as well too. And I, well done, Aaron. And what last piece of advice do you want to give people listening to this today? Well, I would say on that note of what you just said, I would say go out and get connected. And what I mean by that is uh, right now, my, I currently serve uh, as the uh, chairman of the board for our local chamber of commerce, and that's just one example. There's chamber of commerces in every mm-hmm. city, and some of them are more robust than others. Ours in St. Clair County is phenomenal. Phenomenal. It is phenomenal. <laughs> it's, it is. It mm-hmm. is earth-shatteringly phenomenal. I can't believe. So I mean, ways. just a little plug. I'm so glad. I only got to join the board for a short time yeah. because of my travels. Yeah. But it opened up my eyes to see how much our local chambers do for our communities. They and do. Port Huron, Michigan has changed around. And I really attribute that to what you guys have done with the chamber. And yeah. I would have not known that if I didn't sit in some of those meetings. Right. And I think it's just so powerful what the local chamber does like just invest in your local chamber first of all because you you won't believe how they can shift and change your business around just by what the investment that they're putting into the community to make changes it's a powerful organization not every community has a great chamber some communities don't have a chamber but I would say if you don't have a chamber of commerce, start one. Yeah, you start one. I like it. I like it. I like your thinking. Uh-huh. You know, if you can't uh, get plugged into one, though, mm-hmm. find a group of like-minded individuals, not people that are going where you're at right now. Plug into a group higher than you. Plug into a group That's of good. people that are where you want to be. Higher-minded people. You got it. Not just like-minded. Higher-minded. I think we came up with a new up. one. Yep, higher-minded people. I like it. Step it up. You'll find them. They're out there. Another 20 feet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 20 feet at a time. 20 feet at a time. time. I love that. It's really, really powerful, Aaron. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.